0: Hi, Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus rolling.
1: I can get on board. (laughs) Hello, I'm Darren Jolly.
0: (laughs) It's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll. And on with the show. This is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. As always, Darren Jolly is here with me. Hi and today we are continuing the road trip with third party organizations um alternative parties if you want to call it that Um, but somebody other than democrats and republicans so we have the reform party with us tonight and we have rick casa who is the um the North Carolina Party Chairman and then the chairman for the platform or chairman for I don't understand what you wrote. Anyway two <laughs> titles. Will you clear up that second one that I just blundered? Uh, I'm,
2: I'm chairman for the uh, platform committee.
0: Okay, um, oh, I did get that about right okay and then we also have sam gibbons with us and sam is the communications committee chairman for the national party yes i got that one right right <laughs> yeah okay good
2: thank you brian thank you darren for having us yes sir thank you gentlemen
0: thanks for being here yeah we know it's late where you guys are so we appreciate it yeah. uh so we sent out the same seven questions to all of the parties um you know trying to make things as as fair as possible we're going to ask you the standardized questions and then we'll probably ask you two or three that are specific to the reform party um but do you have any questions before we kick it off or should we jump to the first question welcome jump to that first question
1: okay so when i was doing my homework today um the reform party in, in relation to other parties that have existed out sort of the, like the two party duopoly or whatever you'd, you'd call it in the U S for, for so long now, the reform party is interesting because like 96, I see Perot 2000, I see Buchanan and in yeah. 2004 you endorsed uh Nader. I mean, you couldn't have a broader uh, variety between those, those three individuals. So, um, in that context, what is the main idea behind your party's platform as it sort of evolved to today? Rick, I'll let you on that one.
2: All right. Uh, well, this is, uh, you know, it started out with Ross Perot, yes, uh, with the need for a more fiscally responsible approach to governance. Uh, with uh, some sort of addressing a of the the inherent corruption that has uh, uh, come across in the uh, uh, in the duopoly system, because that's uh, yeah that's another topic we can go into. But it's uh, <laughs> Duverger's law. Uh, when you have uh, the type of electoral system that we have, it uh, tends to foster a two party system. Uh, that, it, that ends up through time polarizing and uh, becoming more corrupt. So, you know, we obviously, the
3: party started as the party of Perot. Um, and it was, you know, in, in the conversations that I've had was kind of cobbled together in order to support Perot, right? Because whenever you have something that takes off like that, like essentially going viral before things went viral, um you, you're struggling to keep up and and so the structure that was made uh kind of fell into the hands of of people that manipulated it right like pat buchanan um and, and then and then obviously you know i'm not gonna call nader manipulation but i i only know so much about that right because whenever when uh <laughs> when ross Perot ran for president the first time i was two you know mm-hmm. Um, so the party that I interact with is is different than you know, the those kind of prior elections. And so what you'll see is with with our platform that we've been working on that we're gonna unveil, you know, not this Saturday coming, but next Saturday, this revamp platform, we're still that party of Perot, right? Like, like we still wanna hold true to those those ideas that Perot had put forward. Um, that a number of people see is, is somewhat kind of prophetic, right? Like, you know, how did NAFTA really turn out for us? How did the budget really turn out for us, even though people called them crazy at the time? You know, so, so those things are gonna be fiscal responsibility, government ethics and transparency, right? And then an overall uh, national security, national stability and, and prosperity for, for working Americans. Um, and so that's going to be kind of those guiding principles behind our platform.
2: I will add to that. Um, Pat Buchanan was pretty much an outlier as far as representing the reform party. He did not, there was a different reform party. It wasn't our reform party. Uh, it it was, it's an odd story, but he hijacked the party basically replaced uh reformers with his own people and uh ran a uh convention that was pretty much illegal but uh, we're not going to get <laughs> into the specifics there uh so that's taken a, a, a decade over a decade to correct that with the fec and to tell them that that wasn't us yeah that's
3: that's worth warning to the to the other third parties though right so as we see a resurgence and increase in, in third parties um they they have to be careful otherwise you know there's the the chance of being taken over by very extremist views um and maybe we're already seeing
0: that with some groups yes yeah. well you know the the libertarian party has complained about that in the past they said that the the GOP you know basically infiltrated them and and splintered the group Um, I know when we were speaking to the Green Party guys, they talked about how not that the party itself was infiltrated, but they, they introduced these third parties in like New York and New Jersey that weren't true third parties. They were still just Democrats, but they had that independent sticker on it. So it was like, Independent Democrats for New York or or something along those lines. So yeah. I, I kind of see where you guys are going. But even if you compare Ross Perot to Ralph Nader, I mean, they're substantially different people. <laughs>
1: yeah. they, they both, they both don't. I mean, they're both against, I mean, they spent a lot of time dealing with corruption issues. I mean, there's definitely a straight line in those spaces. Yeah,
0: so would yep. you say that's the most important thing for the Reform Party is the anti-corruption within our our government? Uh, See, that one's hard, right?
3: Because at this point, it, the issue is so multifaceted. Um, obviously, like yeah, that that is that is a chief thing is is corruption. Um, but just railing against corruption doesn't fix the the corruption,
2: right? Um, <laughs> is not the only uh niche that that we're driving at here yeah so
3: returning returning government back to the people uh, i think is is the goal
0: of the reform party okay that's fair so since since i asked sorry you okay um so since i asked the you know what's important to you, thing i guess we can just move on to question two, and and I understand that there are checks and balances and whatever, but if you had the power, and and you can answer this from a, a party perspective, or, you know, maybe you guys individually, I don't know how you want to do it, but if you guys were elected, and however you want to think about it, you know, everybody that was elected was a member of the Reform Party, or there was one person who had a magic wand and he could make all of these changes. If you could change social security, the environment, education, healthcare, foreign policy, and the US economy, how would you guys do it? And maybe give us an idea how you would resolve those issues.
3: Mm. Rick, what do you think? You wanna you wanna give the party view or you wanna give the separate views? <sighs> Yeah. I think I think there's going to be it, it could almost be a this can either be what we think the party's going to want right or it could be a matter of as as two people that work together so much you know where we align and then where there might be some difference because there there is nuance within the party not everybody thinks the same
2: so right. I'm, I'm, I'm good either way well we can start off with the first one that we talked about social security was it social security yes no number one I think for us was about talking- yeah okay go ahead with that then sam
3: yeah um so so obviously for the party's point of view u.s economy is is going to be number one um how can you be a party for the people if the people are experiencing inflation stagnant wages um we have multiple strikes that are ongoing there's a threat of a government shutdown and and how you know, all these federal workers are about to be furloughed. Money makes the world go round and the
2: U.S. economy is chief among that. These, so, are, these are things that are very personable to to all voters. This affects everybody.
3: Yeah. So, and, um, and if the economy's not right, nothing else is.
2: going back to 1992 uh, with uh, James Carville uh, talking about what's the most important aspect to people right now it's the economy stupid it's an infamous saying it will never change it's going to be the economy
3: yeah i mean in in my generation right like i was born in the 90s you know i I graduated right in the middle of the great recession um and and i was fortunate enough to to be able to join the military and, and not have to worry about that and be able to attend college you know but you know suddenly what what third 30 years old right as the pandemic hit you know so like as soon as you get on your feet boom another another massive wave comes through so it, the economy you got to fix that
1: um can i ask you just a little question about that you you brought up the uh uh the strikes what what would the reform party think about like the united auto workers and what's going on over
3: there we we've had some internal discussions on that and it's 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 hard to say because Misinformation and sensationalism gets in the way uh, of so much. And so um, the, the ability for an individual to, you know, petition and, and try and get a better wage is important mm-hmm. uh, because companies are making, you know, if, if you're making record profits, where is that money going to? If you're not investing in your employees, you know, what what is what is the long term viability of that?
2: there are legitimate concerns to what the uaw workers are are facing and one of them you know i'm not an expert on the subject but there's a two-tier pay uh uh, structure there and it all uh either you were hired in before 2007 when the companies got bailed out or you were hired in after uh less pay uh hardly any pensions Uh, less benefit benefits package and uh you know the uaw once that ended yep so there's uh obviously some things to talk about but at the same time
3: right like some of the stuff that these people are going to be advocating for right perseverance of their or you know keeping their jobs that are about to be replaced by technology you know uh, so, so, so I'm a school teacher and and we teach, you know, I teach human geography, I teach change. And so all the dock workers fought to keep their jobs whenever we switched over to the shipping container. But how revolutionary was the shipping container to, to modern, you know, transportation? And, and so it, it's hard to balance the, the, the need for people to have a job, but also how much are you impeding or, you know, impeding upon, um, better paying jobs and, and, and future progress. And I don't, I I don't want to get in the way, I don't want to get in the middle of that balance and that argument. Um, people need to be paid what they're worth, but at some point in time, jobs have to be let go that are outdated for efficiency of the economy as a whole.
0: So does that make, I mean, since you're a school teacher and since, you know, education and retraining is, is part of, you know, letting some of those jobs go. Does that make education number two or does that fall even farther down the line? Oh no, it's.
3: So for me, education would probably be number two. But but for the party as a whole, um, it's hard to even list these by number because there are, it really is, is. There's <laughs> stuff that so many of these things have to be dealt with because they've not been dealt with that it is difficult to, to align them, um, age demographics of the United States says that social security and healthcare are, are of vital importance. Um, if your workers are sick, well, the first off if your seniors, if the people that have fed the economy for so long do not have adequate means for survival, um, that, that, that's a whole problem. Social security has to be dealt with. Um, healthcare, if your people are sick, Or you you, if you have short life expectancy, then then you're losing out on your workers' ability to work and and have a productive and and meaningful life. Um but then education is going to be what empowers people to afford certain things. Um and and that retraining is also important. So so like this is this is the impossible task of of you know picking priorities.
0: We yeah know. i know it's a difficult question i mean <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know which order i would put them in yeah. um
1: so like social security it, it like there's been all this talk particularly um in in, in republican circles to like uh to, to change the the retirement ages to move the the ages up i mean is there any poly posi- policy position that that the reform party would be coming from like in those Spaces or like leave it alone. We just need to find other places to to, to feed them financially.
2: Yeah, we we don't have major plans to make changes uh, to the application of, of social security programs, except mm-hmm. to make them uh, to protect them better. Yeah, a lot yeah. of pockets. You know, it really if you look back at some of the information from uh, you know the actual data. They're showing that uh, Social Security funds uh, has shown increases in, in many years. This is not, you know, it's not as insolvent as what some people want to to claim it to be. Uh, the problem is that it's connected uh, in appropriations and, and budgeting in in the federal government to where it gets money pulled from it constantly for other things. And it needs to be separated and protected uh, because by itself and operated correctly. It can remain solvent and for a very long time.
3: Yeah, and and I'm I'm a little bit more pessimistic on it. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that that I've kind of I don't want to say ignored, but but I don't I don't expect to get it. I know that I'm paying it, but I I in no way, shape, or form expect to get it. And so I have to I have to pursue that retirement elsewhere. Um, is that something that I would like us to look at in the future? Uh, absolutely. Um, but you know, being a volunteer organization that that's one of those things that we'll have to we'll have to find time to to really sit down and and hash out
0: well, and I guess technically, we could say social security is part of the u s economy. I mean, but I know that and probably none of our listeners are of the age where they're drawing social security, but I know that, you know, in, well, basically, all 50 states now, I mean, baby boomers are starting to draw Social Security, and they okay. vote. And so yep. that's an important question. So that's that's why we threw it in there. Yes. Well, I kind of I, I uh, would like to mix some other stuff in. I personally draw Social Security because I'm
2: disabled. Uh, so I I have some um, experience with the with the system and an understanding of how important it is.
1: As far as survival.
2: Yeah. When unexpected things happen.
1: <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned when you were talking about the party platform uh national security. Um so as far as foreign policy, I mean, since we're in the middle of feeding Ukraine weapons, I mean what how would the reform party think about that then?
3: So we just defined foreign policy in our new platform. Or no, not foreign policy. We we define national security. We uh, and, and we really dug into Article one, Section eight of the Constitution and, and the jobs of Congress, you know, so you'll find our ideas behind national security to be a little bit more uh, encompassing. But. And with with foreign policy, I mean, that was that was my focus. Um, as as far as, you know, at college right now, international politics, military affairs, um, and so sometimes my views are gonna differ from the party a little bit, because um, because I personally think that, uh, you know, all those old weapon systems that have been sitting around waiting for the war that never happened are living their best life right now. Um, and that, you know, well, I don't, I don't know, Rick, what, what do we wanna get into that? Like sovereignty, the importance of state sovereignty?
2: Uh, yeah, because really, if they're, if you're asking, if whether we would support ukraine or not support a war to protect their sovereignty uh, uh, the majority of membership in the reform party is is in favor of supporting ukraine and uh protecting their sovereignty for a number of reasons and it just goes back to uh you know it's it's we're a party who wants to 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 Empower down to the more local levels. You know, within our, co- within our country, you know, we, we would like to, uh, oh, this is complicated. <laughs> we want local governments to be strong and, and not interfered with uh, unless they have to be, you know, from guidance from above. So with that said, uh, we're talking about a sovereign nation of ukraine voted for their own independence in 1991 has, had never had independence before that were parts of empires and other cultures for thousands of years and they finally get a chance to have their own nation and this is what happens so yep. uh you know as, is- yeah i won't get into it but i i, I was a russian specialist uh, as far as uh <clears throat> my political science studies is, that began in the late 80s. Uh, but everything, of course, took a turn in 1980, or uh, 1989, when uh, there was, you know, it wasn't uh, Soviet Union anymore. So, um, <laughs> your,
3: your political science degree suddenly becomes a history degree, right?
2: It, it changed for me at that point, yes.
3: Um, but kind of going back to those ideas, right? And then kind of transferring that out, um the united states is is an absolute i mean we're we're the world hegemon re- realistically um yes. you know we, we don't want to be the police of the world but but we are the most powerful military economic power in the world um and people hate us for that but there's stability that that kind of comes in that and so the way that we kind of wrote the, this upcoming policy that that you know will be voted on is this idea of again transferring the local to the global right so if globally we or locally we want to be good citizens of our state of our community of our country right then we want to continue that participation up um and so the united states needs to be a a good member of the international community. Um and that is encouraging peace talks, that is encouraging uh or that is assisting in times of natural disaster. Um because the world is interconnected. And for I, I don't I don't want to get into this like ultra globalist view. know Um but a world that is <laughs> prospering is a is going to be a United States that is prospering. You know, why like you could go into why are all these immigrants pouring across the borders? Well, that's that's what we're teaching right now in migration is, well, first off, people migrate for economic reasons. Right. They, they go for large urban areas um, and they tend to be young and they tend to be males. Right. And those are like what Ravenstein's laws of migration. And that's exactly what we're seeing. It's not it's not an invasion. It's people wanting a better life. They don't want to come here for the better life, but if there's not choices elsewhere, then this is going to be the option that they take that that's that's individual choice. Um, And so if you properly support that. Then you don't have the issues that that you're facing, right?
0: I agree with that statement. I'm not sure about the that's why everybody hates us" statement, I would say. Yeah, that the reason everybody hates us is because we intervene when that's, it's good for us. That's that's
3: kind of what I was I was alluding to we have not always been a a. There good have been
2: mistakes, and we all know this.
3: Yeah, um, we we have the ability to leverage our power, and that's that's what kind of gets the right. the, the lack of good feelings. No, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I, I
2: should have clarified. Personally, I look at it more of a steward stewarded, uh, ship instead of a colonialism and, and the problem is in the past we've gotten involved in nation building uh, of uh, two areas that you know wars have gone on too long and doing things that we shouldn't have been doing to start with yep. so um uh, you know people are probably worried about that with the ukraine situation what's going to happen you know after um, what if ukraine does uh, become successful in defending their their sovereignty, then what? Uh, are we going to be you know caught with the with the bill again? Uh, we just uh, you know we're we're about the sovereignty of nations, and and what doesn't look right is 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 a one nation um, assuming that the the area of another nation has belonged to them for thousands of years, and so therefore they're going to invade it. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's going to get real costly. <laughs> like, like,
3: if you think this is expensive, what wait for the cost of the alternative, right? Like if, if your idea of resource or, or, you know, gaining economic power is going to come through military force, um, the, the costs are going to be far beyond
2: a, a dollar figure. This should have happened in an entirely different way. And, and yes, it's partially, um, uh, some of you know some of the world can can um, take some blame for not really addressing the situation of the civil war that uh, uh, some circles were trying to get attention to. Uh,
3: it should have been addressed. The the twenty fourteen invasion. Well, that wasn't
2: really the civil war, but well, after the um, yeah, after the ceasefire. Uh, which was there was never a ceasefire. There was fighting on on that front line every day, from the ceasefire on to the invasion of Ukraine yeah. by Russia. But uh, the situation with Eastern Ukraine uh, should have been dealt with long ago. That's what happens when you ignore problems. Yes.
0: So, just real quick, I. I would love to just go back and forth about this stuff, but I, I want to make sure and be, you know, fair with your time. Cause I know it's, it's getting later and later. So if we did it, I know you said that the U S economy is important. Social security is important. Education is important. Probably number two, um, you know, healthcare, you want your, your citizens to be healthy so they can go to work. Um, and then foreign policy. So do we put the environment dead last with the reform party or, no, or I, are you guys? I really don't want to.
2: I'm not really not fair. It's not fair. It''s, it's not it's a very important necessity to uh, to care for. Obviously changes need to be made. And
3: we really put Nationals we, we put environment as as a core element of national security. Yes. um like like what's the point of healthcare if you if your air is poison you know like if you have if you have breathable air then you're going to be reducing you know asthma and other lung related illness that that costs money in the healthcare system a clean environment is cheaper on on healthcare um and and so we don't again we we don't want to put that dead last um but You know, we would probably put that over foreign policy um, because overall, I don't I don't fundamentally hate American foreign policy as it is. I don't think our foreign foreign policy is always as much of a dumpster fire as as other elements are, Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely needs addressing. Um, But with the environment, the environment is these are our reserves in times of crisis. And so we we have to maintain the environment because this is, you know, where our stockpiles of precious metals are going to come from, where our stockpiles of petroleum are going to come from. And, and so there's there's reason to protect that and to ensure that land is being properly managed. How much of that should be on the federal side versus how much of that should be on the state side? And so one of those things that we can kind of get into is, we're the national committee for the reform party um we aren't going to set a whole bunch of state directives um we can have some ideas of like hey here's what we think but that's really up to the state parties to decide on and, and implement you know but things like the u.s economy social security foreign policy those are national level concerns um, health care can definitely fit into there but education tends to be a state issue Right. Like, again, we can say, here's what we would like to see, but that's, that's a state issue. And and environment is in some ways a a state issue, but in in some ways it's also a national security issue. Um,
0: I mean, 11% of the taxes collected by the IRS go to education. So it's, it's a federal issue on some level.
2: Yeah. I mean, it should be expensive actually uh but we're we're entering a a period of technology especially using web 3 technology and uh, and other resources that have become available to have uh, an education revolution uh we should be going about things in 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 a historically different way uh but we should see some some amazing things coming up as far as that comes to offer a an education that is more of a of a custom fit for individuals instead of a cookie cutter, uh you know, like back in the fifties where this is all we needed to do was everybody got the same education because off they go to a a, a factory to work. Uh yeah. you No, know, things are different now. Uh, we're going to see some great things as far as education go. Yeah. I like
0: that answer.
3: Yeah, you know, and and I can tell you, like, in in being in education for for eight years which is not actually an exceptionally long time. Um, There's a lot that your average person isn't going to interact with. And there's been a lot of implementation of different things. But the overall structure of education hasn't really changed. Right. And so you try to implement things like, um, you know, at the school that I'm at, they can they can go to a technology center. Right. So kids will get on the bus and spend half a day. Either learning welding or, you know, nursing or uh, video broadcast, right? And so you have career options within education now, um, for the places that that kind of can afford that. And so I'm sure ours is supplemented by uh, federal dollars because we're in in a in an in inner city area. Um, but but there's there's educational opportunities. The, the question is whether or not the the students are. Able and and willing to pursue those, um. And so I think that grade
1: are what grade are your students again,
3: Sam? Um, I, I have I have high schoolers.
2: Okay.
3: So I generally I generally deal with ninth graders, fourteen year olds. That can be a tough
2: road to hoe there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna one thing if you want a one liner as far as uh, environment goes. You know emphasizing the sustainable policies to address human impact on climate change protect our natural resources while considering the economic impact of these things it's yep. a balancing act we yep. need to balance right
3: yeah and that's that's the thing that you're going to find with the reform party a lot um and <laughs> what, did, what did what did mike pence say in the first presidential debate um or uh compromise is 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 not leadership or something like that yeah Yeah. he was talking
1: to to nikki haley i remember
3: yeah yeah yeah, oh that 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 set me off no 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 it's
1: it's not leadership yeah he said something
2: about that collaboration for for compromise uh right and so it's it's not
3: it's not compromise it's collaboration right whenever you are when you surround yourself with people that are capable and competent It's not compromise, it's collaboration, and it's a way to voice where people are at and the individual stimulus that you all have and coming to your conclusions and then sharing those and then trying to figure out what the best way forward is. That is that is civil discourse. That is the foundation of society. Um, And to say that compromise is not leadership is is, you know, it's authoritarian and that's not going to get us anywhere. So. Parties have gotten lazy
2: with their politics.
3: Yep. yep. So that's think that's what you'll you'll see with us is we want collaboration on issues, and, and so that generally build that generally brings you towards a center, a logical, you know, kind of agreeable view.
1: I think that we can. A lot of people would agree that Mike Pence's best best day was the day that uh, pushed us to not. Uh, where he didn't side with the the other the other electors. And that's going to be the end of uh, our memory of Mike Pence. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so uh, jumping on and, and if there's anything else that comes to you about those policies, you know, we can definitely you, we can feel through the tangent out on them. But uh, yes. so in, in the Reform Party, when you when you when candidates are chosen, what is the process like for so like President or like Congress or whatever? How you pick, how do you pick pick a, so uh, talk about that. Rick, you can go for it. No, I was I was going to let you. uh
2: you have the notes there from? Uh, yeah. So so we've uh, we've been in
3: um, these rules meetings, right? Where we have reviewed the the thirty three pages of rules that that define the Reform Party, and, and in there, the only thing that we as the national side um, really are going to have a say in is is the president unless a state party wants our assistance we are only going to have a a national convention to select the president for you know or the the nominate a president for the reform party um so everything else is kind of done within the state uh local um local office or or possibly senate now if we hit that point and and there's something that comes up you know we we can definitely go back and, and, and review the rules later. Um, you know, but I don't know what role California reform party should have in selecting a Senator for the South Carolina reform party. Um, as long as we're all on the same page, then, you know, it should really kind of be a a non-issue, but as far as like having to get approval, we're not currently set up like that
0: so then do each of the states like maybe this is a better question for rick because he's the the chairperson for the for north carolina but does each state have like their own bylaws on how candidates are selected do people just submit like an application and say hey i want to run with the reform party How, how does that work at the state level yes the states
2: do have their own separate bylaws uh pretty much in line with what's going on with national um but uh yes what with, with people approach the reform party from you know state x uh, uh you know there's a vetting process and uh you know working things out as as sam had uh, uh, discussed but yeah each each state does that
0: Okay, so that kind of leads into the next question, um, because you mentioned a vetting process. So, you know, one of the questions is, do you have a steering committee and how strict do the candidates have to, you know, stick to that party line um, in order to, you know, make you guys happy and and get your support and, and all of the things that come with being under the Reform Party's umbrella?
2: That's a that's a good question. some lateral movement, uh, as long as they're not directly uh, contradicting uh, any of our core basic principles. Uh, I, I think we, uh, you know, the Reform Party allows some some movement um, within, you know, giving them some discretion within certain issues. Um, Sam, we had talked about this earlier. If you could yeah. continue, where. Yeah, yeah. So
3: depending on the issue, right? So so obviously fiscal responsibility, government ethics, certain things like that, you know, they're, they're kind of our major stances on. Um, but because the reform party doesn't really wade into social issues, um, that is that's not something that, that we would hold against our candidates, um, and, and so that idea kind of comes into the the principles behind the Reform Party should be, and it's easy for them to be universal, but but some of this this cultural conflict that has been created in previous years um, is going to vary state by state, and, and so if you try and and legislate culture, which we're 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 kind of against. Um, unless it's in line with the Constitution, I um, then you're going to run into problems and you're going to make people unelectable. And so if you have people that are willing to champion your main values, um, then everything else is a matter of discourse and, and up to the state. So, was it a reason? Okay, or <laughs> reason? Yeah, like there's some stuff where we're not going like, to... We're not talking about
2: some fringy elements here.
0: No, 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 no. But your, your answer was very similar to most of the other parties um, <laughs> okay. but you said you said something that really kind of made me want to follow up and sure. that is like according to the reform party what do you guys consider a social issue is it uh drugs is it drinking is it abortion is it
2: Gay marriage. Yep. Those are, yep. Those are. <laughs> a
3: variety of opinions. In, any, Anything that, that triggers your your feelings and, oh. and, and not your pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of a
2: broad statement to have on it. But it's not, it's not like we don't have stances on this. Yeah. Most of the time we default back to a constitutional stance.
3: Yeah. And it's, it's the question is, should the government be regulating this? Mm-hmm does this government have an active interest in regulating this? Um, Because the reform party, we want to reform the systems that, that really matter. And that's God, that's awful to say. It's no, it's not a, it's not a matter of reforming the systems that matter. We want our focus to be on what is going to affect everybody. Um, And we are not going to touch. Well, the national side's not going to touch i hope i hope that the individual candidates do touch on that sure you know State like they, they they have they have a responsibility to their community and, and and their people to uphold their values but on the national side our focus is reforming government institutions for the betterment of
0: society so then it doesn't matter to you if like what was it I can't remember one of the parties was saying that teachers are kidnapping kids and sending them to Washington to get sex changes and so they're completely against sex changes. (laughs) Uh, uh, That that, that makes that makes oh my god but so my question is I mean I'm against kids being kidnapped and sent to Washington (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: well, look, when it comes down to it, though, I, I've got this, you know, this is some of my personal beliefs more than a party belief. Right. Uh, we have some very you know, divisive issues that are very important to everyone. Right. Uh, However, there are things going on in Washington, D.C. and within our governance that without addressing those first these other issues will never change and we'll we'll never be satisfied with getting a correction made so uh you know that's why we kind of lean on some of the stronger uh principles uh, of being correcting the course of of the way you know congressional operations are and the way dc operates
3: we we want to focus on things that bring people together not things that that tear people apart right like 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 patriotism and, and national unity uh, occur through, you know, strong institutional systems. Um, these these factors that drive us apart are, are nothing more than a, a convenience for the adversaries that we have. Um, and I do not understand the hyper fixation of of, of, of America's current stance on these. Um, it it we've been at it for 10 years and nothing has really evolved and government itself has just gotten worse and um uh, i'm i'm ready for that to to be done
1: so you're right we can address that i
3: I want that to be our only issues that we can address but but unfortunately um we're about to not be funded so
1: (laughs) right in this in this context and the social issues i mean if i'm hearing you right are are sort of like a divide and conquer kind of thing like it's we we, we care care.
2: right like we care because it affects
3: people's lives right like there's some really tragic things that that occur out of you know if you've been raped and and now your state doesn't allow abortions you know or or if you know you married the person that you love but your state doesn't allow it because you know gay marriage isn't allowed or at one point time interracial marriages weren't allowed like like those are and i think we can probably dig into the constitution to defend some of those however we'll let people that that effect take up that fight and we're not going to stop people in the reform party from taking up that fight it's just not going to be the focus of the national Party.
2: and i think we you know we all need to recognize that there's an enormous potential to rally people from all all political perspectives to the cause of reforming certain things, because people on the left on the right uh throughout the entire spectrum uh we'll all agree that the system is, is somewhat corrupted we
3: personally i don't think that you have to win elections to to inform government um and with the work that y'all been doing with these third parties and, and the voices that y'all been helping to amplify things like voting reform are, are well i'm, I'm going to go ahead and answer one of your questions for you Voting <laughs> like reform are going to be our primary focus if we can change the toxic nature in which elections take place um then you will see a fundamental shift in the candidates that that are elected and can that, you elaborate
1: really- concretely a little bit more like what so like uh are, are you talking about like ranked choice or are you talking about like so yes, we're we're talking about all
3: those because we want, we want to have discussions around them. Uh, I've I've personally I've spoken with veterans for political initiative and and they were really awesome guys. Um and and he explained, you know, why why they wanted open primaries and then top 5. But within the state that I'm at here in South Carolina, um, there's another group that is pursuing, it. it's still ranked choice, right? Or instant runoff voting, but they're, we're still retaining closed primaries. Um, and, and so like, you're going to have a variance between the states on how they want to implement these, these voting rules. And I think that's important because each state is kind of its own country and has its own culture. And, you know, it should not be dictated what method it's going to use. But but any of those, and Rick, you know, Rick will talk about, um, you know, what is that consent voting, right? Like like, essentially voting people that you want versus voting people that that you don't want, or leaving people that you have no opinion of. Like a yes um, or no abstain. Is what
2: it's yeah saying.
3: yeah yes no abstain. Um, so I think there's there's several options out there that are worth exploring. But if with the ranked choice side, it, it's kind of neat in that if I if I can't convince you that I'm your number one, right? I'm not gonna talk trash about your number one, but I'm gonna tell you where we share similarities at so I can be your number two. And so you get rid of some of the mudslinging um, because people need to work, they need to focus on how they're similar so that people can positively rank them rather than, you know, trying to tear everybody down.
1: And you don't get into that. What was the two-party thing that you were talking about earlier, Rick? Where uh, it, there was a reference you made to I think it's a French name or yeah,
0: it's the, no? Dubert's it's talking about the rule. The, um,
2: rule. Yeah, Duverger's law. Duverger's yes. law. law. That's right. Uh, in a first of the post type of, of system, system, uh, usually ends up with a a, a two-party power uh structure uh when you change that and then and, and we're about allowing uh people to make their own choices on this uh we don't want to have a state government uh that is restricting a town uh, wanting to use right choice voting or or star voting or something some other form of alternative voting methods uh, uh for their mayoral race uh, They they should have the freedom to do that uh, you know, so we're not picking anything out to say, yeah, this is the definitive thing we need to do. But um, we know that what we have is not what we what we need. Uh, because, you, know, you get you get situations where somebody wins with thirty five or forty percent approval or something like that. That's <laughs> their pocket of vote. Um, OK, but then you're looking at sixty five, sixty to sixty five percent of the people did not consent for those people to win. And that's not even the people that didn't vote. So.
3: You know, problematic. Yeah, I, I think I think that is our our number one focus. You change you change that you get enough people from all these different third parties and within the Republican and Democrat Party um, to to alter, you know, positively the, the voting law in that regard. And then I think you start to see real change because if they are so great with th- their ideas, what is there b- to
2: be afraid of? And it's all about representation. We have lost the average person has lost their representation to the way the system has evolved. And
0: well, I, I think both Darren and I agree with you, and, and that's why we're doing these interviews. The one thing that I'm concerned with, and I'm hoping we can figure out a way to make it work, is you know, I mean, we get maybe, maybe 60% of the voting population to the polls on average. Maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah. And a large a large reason that they don't show up is because there's there's confusion and all of that. So I want to put something simple in front of these people. So yeah, mudslinging, I'd like it to go away, all of the commercials, all of that stuff, you know, let's make things fair, give you all a debate where you know you're all on there because The FCC, that's ours anyway, as as taxpayers. So why should only Democrats and and Republicans get to be
1: on there?
3: Yeah, that's that's, that's some gatekeeping.
0: Yeah. So all of that stuff, but I want to make things as simple as possible for the voter, which, again, is kind of why we're doing this. But the other stuff, like somebody was talking about some transferable voting right thing that was from ireland and you know the the rank choice thing that makes me nervous because what are you going to do put a rubric in front of these people um there, there's mm-hmm. just some stuff that ends up sort of convoluting it more than
1: yes KFC. i can see i can that right yeah. it isn't it's as difficult you're right out. about that We've got to find something or at least like you're saying, Sam, have these like little uh, laboratories in all the different states and counties and whatever, where we're all sort of like working it out in real time. So,
2: yeah, you
3: you somehow tapped into my brain. I did not know if I'd said that out loud to where, you know, states are supposed to be little Petri dishes for democracy. And so as we make this shift, this adjustment. You know, it would be good to see variations in different states to to find out what kind of works. That's that's just research Um, Rick. I'm, I'm going to let you. Oh, here we go. So this came from a conversation uh about a month ago. And so there's a guy, John Elliott, used uh, a desire.
2: I, w- I just was going to mention him.
3: Yeah. So so like it needs to be expressive, easy to understand, encourage sincere voting, equal weight to all voters, require majority approval, address vote split problem. Right. The, the wasting of a vote and address polarization. And so as these people are drafting and, and experimenting with these like, yeah, we recognize that voting is not everybody's favorite activity <laughs> and that we you know need to make sure that that is a, a simple pro, as simple of a process as possible while getting the best results and so what eventually is going to be presented to y'all should be of that variety of of simple to understand and it's going to require a little bit of education of the voting populace Um, but but that's okay because one of the benefits one of the other benefits is if I have more than one vote I'm going to look up more than one candidate I'm going to be better versed in the people I'm going to go vote for because
2: I have more than one option. So now we're talking about a more educated constituency, mm-hmm. doing research and going and, and and making more of an educated vote,
1: and probably the basis of a stronger civil society at the same time, which is yeah. definitely not there. know yeah, yes. that's that's a hope. That's
3: that's.
2: I'm glad he threw that name out. I was going to throw it out there. and said You should probably talk to uh, Mr. Jonathan Elliott. He has a nonpartisan group. It's called Harmony Research Group. And they do all types of political science data collection and testing uh, with these alternative voting methods. And it's a plethora of information.
1: So since you all are uh, very conscious of, problems with corruption and uh like it's sort of like one of the topics that you you're negotiating how how is the party funded we
3: are funded good question through small donations we do not have a PAC. um we do not have special interest groups we are funded really largely by by internal volunteer or by by internal contributions um, so, so I'll say that the Re- the reform party does not have membership dues, some political parties have membership dues. Um, but, but in discussing with our, our executive committee, we fundamentally disagree with a, a price to participation. Um, and, and so. Really, my first donation to the party after being in for about two years was just the other week. Whenever I was, you know, ver helping verify that our new donation links were working, um, you know, because the reality is not everybody has money to give. Some people have time to give, but they don't have the money to give. And so to, to try and limit membership based off on based off of monetary contributions is, is not is not what we're about but in that same line we really rely on our members to when able you know provide a donation
0: do you guys like charge for tickets to any i don't know reform party trade shows or conventions or anything like that where some more money comes in not not currently
2: no okay. not in the time in, in, in the in the near past no um i'm not yeah. saying the 90s wasn't like that because it was a totally different story they had uh, a, a pack that was that mr perot used in 92 to run independently yep uh, it was uh called uh, united we stand america and uh much of that membership then transferred over to become the reform party in 1995 for his 1996 run um uh, so it was almost as if he had a party built already within the, ne- the network of the pack. And it just kind of transferred over. Uh, and I'm sure the the funding was a little different at that time, but uh, Mr. Perot funded a lot of that himself.
0: Yep. Okay, so this one is a little more complicated. Um, you know, as far as your goals, uh, what are some of your short-term goals, your midterm and and long-term goals, and do you guys have any plans on on how to achieve them? Yeah. So um, a
2: bunch of plans. You got five. You got about five hours. No, I'm to let <laughs> <laughs> Sam take that.
3: Yeah. So so what we've been working on. Right. These the short term goals, we really wanted to get to convention and we have a convention on the seventh. And whenever we hit convention, we have a new set of laws for our for our, for our party. We have a new set of platform, right, an updated, modernized, thought out platform. Um. And so once we have that and we present that at convention, now we're going to start rolling on rebuilding our party's infrastructure. Right. So. We have been working on fundraising. We have been working on marketing and advertisement and outreach. And after convention, we'll be working on building a or improving the website and updating it. So this year is is going to be about revamping the party is that internal facing. Right. So, So short term goals are internal facing and the medium term goals is going to be turning that outward and saying, okay. here's what we stand for, here's what we're going to do about it, and then start really building up that membership at the local level and start, you know, participating in local elections. Um, And and once we can start, you know, getting some wins in the local elections and and getting, rebuilding that party recognition, um, a side hope is that all these these prior people that voted for Perot and, and realized the the impact and and you know uh, ability to see what was going to happen they're going to to recognize that um, and and so once we start winning these local elections then we're going to move up to the uh, state and, and federal um, and so Brick is chairman of North Carolina's Reform Party um, and I am and have the the pleasure of needing to organize the South Carolina Reform Party. And so I have a fight coming up of, you know, getting 10,000 signatures here in the state of South Carolina so that we can become a legitimate political party and build that from within. And so right now we're working on that national face and very soon we're going to start diving down into the local. And maybe in what would about three, four years we're we're expecting to be able to operate again on on state and federal elections.
2: Yes. Uh, and then we're talking about currently doing things at the national level, just structurally. we yeah. talking about yeah. um, So it's really to you know look at it as as if it's a pyramid. Uh, we're 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 in the process of of laying out everything for that foundation and to go from bottom up. Because the mistake that some third parties use, or, or the, the mistake that they that they fall into most of the time, is a top down approach and what does an upside down trying or an upside down pyramid do It it falls over because they, they try to build that at the top and they're so focused on who are we going to run for president uh, it, it, we're far from that right now uh and i you know i'm not going to speak for the party but i I'm, we're not going to put much uh emphasis on a 2024 candidate it's a dumpster fire of an election to begin with and we've got some uh mid short-term and midterm goals to to look more at uh local stuff and uh, we have eight or nine candidates right now who are actually um seated uh, yeah. in, in government uh, so even though we've been quiet uh you know we have won some elections yep so
0: how many states are you guys in where you can actually run a candidate on the ballot
3: I don't think it's very many right now. I think
2: uh, right now uh, with uh, uh, a state Board of Elections legitimacy, uh, there were some folks um, that we supported, endorsed um, as independents uh, with the hopes of of bringing them in once things get organized. Uh, But that's, uh, you know, in time we will we will tackle that and it's different from state to state so it's it, it gets it can get complicated and messy uh but it's a small number right now
0: that's, that's do you just, guys do you guys have charters though in more states and and you're still not on the ballot or is it that yeah. same few states
2: we have affiliates and that's another thing that we're going over i i really can't i'm not at liberty to discuss oh. openly right now yeah until it gets voted on at convention, uh, but there are, are levels to uh, to our affiliation, and uh, you know there's a starter affiliation level, and, and then a full fledged uh, uh, affiliation. Um, there are some of us uh, like the North Carolina chapter has survived since the 90s when it was uh, <clears throat> organized by the parole folks. Uh, that we we are- we have, we still have the, uh, you know, the tax ID number and and all the paperwork from, from from the nineties. But it's it's been a process though, as far as most states to survive that long. Uh, so that is why it's a, it's a rebuilding. You know, we we started this. We tore it down in twenty nineteen. So we 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 started this rebuilding in twenty twenty, yeah. uh, coming up with this different approach, um, just because we finally got out of the woods with the FEC. Uh, We've got our recognition back with them and uh, no longer are they uh, threatening to confiscate any money to to return money that Pat Buchanan didn't um, uh, uh, record properly. There's like a half a million dollars that was kind of floating around. They were like, where did this money go? It's like, that wasn't us. So th- that whole legal process is done and over with and we're finally out of the woods. Yep. I hope I so- did
3: yes y'all, y'all are kind of catching us on on the rebirth side. So we're yeah. we, we don't have big flashy things to say right now. Um, That's
1: a good place, though. That's inceptions yep. are where things begin, right? So people, uh, people
2: will uh, <laughs> criticize the Reform Party and think that oh, you guys haven't made much progress, but they do not understand the animosity that the the duopoly system has put since ninety six and ninety two when they, when the duopoly parties were threatened by this uh, a third party entity uh they, they kind of you know i'm not saying they purposely did this that and the other but the system works against smaller parties yeah what was <laughs> that
1: <laughs> so um just in in the, i just gotta. when i was going through the history of it i mean people can say whatever they want about the reform party but you you caught lightning in a bottle in a way that no other party ever did or has since to be perfectly honest with you um when i look at what buchanan did especially because he went back to being a republican in 2002 yeah was was that was he intentionally trying to because to, to, it, it presumably if the reform party kept functioning through the parole position uh, it was going to hurt republicans for a long time to come because yeah. of they were pulling from was it a sabotage i mean was i mean does it i i don't want to I know that I I, I, I just I'm curious because it I, lo- that's what it really looks like from the outside.
3: I, I can't I, I can't speak I, I, to those motives, but I, 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 can't
2: do that. It, it was a sabotage. Uh, I can't. I'm not saying that as as speaking for the party. I'm saying it as uh, the experience that I saw, um because you know they put people in, uh, you know Buchanan's people. I, I'm not even sure if I should divulge some of this. But you know when uh, when our actual Reform Party folks tried to speak up and stop it, you know they were punched in the kidneys and and actually physically assaulted, and uh, you know we're not even sure, uh, you know our our parliamentarian at the time, we weren't even sure if they had a quorum for their convention that was hosted on uh, CNN, uh, so it was it was totally uh, you know just a just a, a, a trash heap. Of, of a deal but everybody accepted it, that that's the reform party and there's pat buchanan when that wasn't even us
1: it, it definitely lets you know when you start to get a little bit of success against the duopoly yeah. system what what kind of uh mechanisms could be put in place to sort of uh yeah. undermine a position but that's,
2: you
3: know, that's, you know,
1: that's why we re- our re- rules the way that we have right well,
2: so,
3: so the people that we have um that are survivors of that incident you know um have have now written the rules in a way
2: that will help guard against that um we've taken 20 years of experience of 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 these loopholes and we're closing them up to protect ourselves from that those these types of things from ever happening again
0: yeah it's kind of funny because i would be in like a position where i'm saying okay well i really want to grow I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow. But who who can I let in?
2: Yes. This guy
0: came and he said he wanted in. I I don't trust him. He's gone.
2: We're having those problems, yeah. (laughs)
0: Barricade the gates. You know, they're trying to get in. So it would just be like my party, just me. Um, (laughs) 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 Um
2: hopefully you know we can uh, navigate those obstacles uh, pretty well here in the next uh, five to ten years
1: like, like you said you're, you learned you learned a lot from those experiences i imagine so yeah so uh and i know this one this is the last question this is what you've already kind of elaborated on this on some level but uh in terms of the current political process To make things better for voters, for candidates, and for parties, uh, what what would you change like immediately?
3: That definitely definitely the voting reform would be that would be our our number one focus. Um, whether or not you want to vote for the reform party is is entirely secondary to the massive amount of disillusionment that is plaguing the country, right? And whenever you talk about low voter turnout, if nobody I want to vote is on the ballot. And I don't even think that my voice matters. I'm not going to take the time off work to go and do that. Um, and you, that you have to address that. And I think that voting reform is the first step in doing that. Nothing, I don't think anything else can really happen. Term limits can't happen. Um, you know, a, a balanced budget amendment can't happen. You know, you know no, nothing happens without voting reform.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fair enough, pretty uh, yeah um i and I think again that's pretty similar to what a lot of the other parties have said you know they just they just want a chance to participate there you go
1: um like you totally universally people say that, and this is all I do lately is is listen to stuff online about it because I try to prepare for everything, you know, but like everybody that is in these spaces these and they're not they're not uh they're not reserved. They're not, they're, I think that like these, these sentiments are so much more in the open, but obviously because we have the system and the financial positions that are driving those sort of like modus operandi does not support, you know, yep. this voting, the, any, anything that would create meaningful change with regards to how we choose who's going to be this representing is, us.
2: It's yeah. uh, there is, yeah, I'm. Wow um there's a documentary that's called unrepresented and it's very enlightening i would uh, recommend that to, for anybody to watch it um it, it presents things in a way that uh, you know it, it's i don't i don't know what to say about it it's a little depressing but it really puts things into perspective yep So I've
0: I've got a, well, I don't know how quick it is. Um, So (laughs) one of the things you guys have mentioned is, you know, the constitution and and constitutional governance. Um, What I've noticed from other interviews is that when people mention those words in conjunction, they have a tendency to be more, You go ahead and say leaning and religious (laughs) like they consider the the constitution a religious document or, you know, something along those lines. When you guys talk about constitutional governance, you know, are these is it is it the bill of rights is it the entire constitution and how much of what the reform party is trying to put forward is based on that document and its relationship to god
3: no, not really related to god um and, and i'm you yeah you don't you don't have to invoke religion to be more yeah. I don't think personally. Again, that, that's that's a personal point of view. You don't have to invoke religion, you know, for for things to be, you know, moral. Um, so when we're talking about the the Constitution, it was written as a rule book for government, and that is what we see it as. It is a rule book for government,
2: and it's a dark oh, one.
3: And it's yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not bad. We just read it the other day for Constitution Day, and so. Um, the amendments to the Constitution are are by their nature, constitution. you know um, and, and so the reform party will will seek to uphold those because if it is an amendment that is passed, um, then then that is the job of the federal government to to
2: uphold that. And um, it's really about preserving the, the the vision of of what the the founding fathers put together. And uh, if you can mention our PSS, Sam.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Nash, Nash. So, so Article One, Section Eight. Um, you know, powers, powers of of Congress. Um, or, or really, the, no, that goes back into the preamble, right? Yes. Um, we want we want to ensure that the government is looking for the prosperity of people uh, for the stability, uh, of the system and for, you know, the, the physical security. Um, and so we mentioned that, and that'll be in, in our second level language of, of the platform that that's coming out, um, that, that should be the focus of the federal government. The federal government needs to focus on federal things and let state governments focus on state things, which again is generally associated with the, with the, a bright leaning viewpoint of, you know, do do we say states' rights? We don't we don't like to say states' rights.
1: An anti anti-federalist position kind of like everything that they wrote about is what you guys are talking about there for the yeah. most part.
3: But you you have to have a strong federal government though. It yeah. just can't the, be uh, not a I in I a country that. versus what we have, it can't be the only central government. You know, you have to have that devolution of powers to the state. Even even in the United Kingdom, a unitary system, they have devolution. Scotland has their own parliament but the thing is that Scotland's parliament operates under the allowance of the king or or of the of the central government our separate states our separate entities exist by by decree of the constitution um and, and so what's the point of federalism if you don't use it That's fair
1: I think it's interesting that you're uh after all the things that sort of the reform party has gone through, um, you're all being very careful not to get the cart ahead of the horse. You know, um, I do like, I really like what you said about the presidential thing. Everybody wants to put somebody up for, for, for president, but then we're like living in election cycles as far as our, uh, yeah. concepts of what a government is supposed to be or can be doing and that's really problematic. So it, well it, and that's
0: probably another reason that they lose all the time is because you know it's an unknown party, they have no money, they put somebody in a presidential election where they're up against somebody that has 45 million dollars for just mail. Yes. Oh my god. The infinite
2: loop. And then you go back to you know all that effort. Yep put into building something else to help you get to that point and uh and be, you know how, how are we supposed to you know compete with with that kind of money unless you're
3: like a billionaire or something sure. but but like again for for us for you know rick and i we're, we're normal right like uh, i'm not i'm not breaking fifty thousand dollars <laughs> i'm not running for president but I do want to impact my local community in a positive way. And, and so what we see value in in these conversations, in these political organizations and, and, and y'all you know, taking the time to talk with us. Is. A voice, um, a, a set of principles that, that we can speak out nationally, but locally, that's where you want to enact your change first. Uh, there's an over-focus on the national government. It's it's showy, right? Like you live an election cycle to election cycle. It's made for TV drama, but politics is best whenever it's kind of boring because politics is boring. <laughs> Sit down and read the Constitution in and one, and one fell swoop. That's boring, but it's important. And so we've got to reignite civic duty. We have to reignite community involvement. We have to reignite the realization that local and state government is where most of your governance comes from on your day-to-day life, and the federal government needs to focus on federal things.
0: Well, I i guess I lied. We only asked one question that was specific to the Reform Party, unless you have another question. No, the,
1: the Buchanan one was the one that I just was really curious about, and, and the one at the beginning where it it went it traversed the perota so and it's been great guys so do Do you guys um
0: have any other questions for us before we wrap this thing up
3: i know you got it you got another hour Uh, we talk a lot i'm not gonna lie we talk a lot
1: i like i like your energy sam you are ready to go listen listen
3: i i woke up at four o'clock this morning got ready for my school day did that, came back. I, I took a nap about eight o'clock. I woke up at 10 o'clock, shook off the tire, and you know, I'm I'm hitting that second wind.
2: We're ready to go. We're very passionate about our beliefs in 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 this cause. And every time I go someplace and and get into, you know, I don't push the reform party in people's faces, but if there happens to be a conversation about politics, so I, I kind of probe, you know, poke and probe. And everybody's talking about the same things. Everybody's concerned about the things that personally affect them. When they go and try to buy groceries, when they try to go and try to and try to fill up their gas tanks to, to get back and forth to work all week, uh, to their next paycheck, we're we're all looking at the same things and scratching our heads like, "What is going on here?" And everybody uh, wants to nod along to what some third parties talk about. There needs to be some sort of some sort of change here and uh because we have you know it's like the two grown adults uh, have lost uh the ability to to understand what's actually necessary here for this to be a better place for everyone
3: but if but if i had a question for y'all i guess it would be like what's what's y'all's what's y'all's next steps on this are y'all pretty well done with with interviewing the third parties like whenever we hit the election cycle and and the um the primaries right like are y'all going to do something for the for the primaries
1: well i mean we'll, we'll certainly reach out if people want to do it i mean like part of what you're suggesting is that there's an interactive nature to what it is that's going on and uh it's it's own. this is only going to be functionally possible if if there's a if there's a dynamic that starts to flow between different spaces so yeah, like we don't we don't have uh, like this was something we, we, we started a podcast a year and a half ago. We just were yammering back and forth. I've known Brian for all my life pretty much since I was thirteen years old. So uh, right. and we've been arguing for that long. So we've been we've been doing it pretty good for a long time. So we figured it was time to uh, record it. Yeah. So
0: right. just sort of,
1: this just sort of happened organically. Like I, I, I don't I don't barely vote for a regular party anyway. So we, we're trying to think of creative ways of succeeding at like you you said you got you got these two giant social spaces that don't know how to make don't know how to make change, don't don't really have any interest in making change. So but there's like a- we just want to be a part of that process that, that to, to make it shift. So
2: and,
3: and I think that you, you have been and and small small things like that um influence the the broader culture as as people see and, and catch on um that that influences the broader culture and so you know kudos to y'all for for taking the next step beyond just like hey we should do this and and actually doing it and and really being quite prolific with it you know for for a year and a half um good on y'all man
1: thanks
0: thank you Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, And I'll
1: I'll take that as a cue. We will reach out to you in a little while. We'll see how things are developing.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the plan. We just don't know for sure when we're going to reach out to you because I really am curious how things have progressed. You know, what happened, you know, with the, the South Carolina thing or what happened when you released your platform or any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ain't going anywhere. Reach out when you can. Okay good deal. Well, thanks again guys. I know it's
1: 12:30 your time so I appreciate it. Where, where where can people find information about the Reform Party at
2: that's reformparty.org, nice and simple.
0: That is indeed. <laughs> so I'm going to compress this tonight and convert it to an MP3 and then um i'll get it posted and i will email you guys both the link but just so you know you can you know listen to it on spotify or amazon or google or wherever you usually listen to podcasts awesome
3: yeah gentlemen uh, that was that was enjoyable thank you
2: thank, so.
0: much. thank you thanks guys we'll talk to you in a couple of months thank That's you for having us thanks bye bye